Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative Not Bitter is right, my friends. You are tuned in to the Todd Huff Show. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And yes, we're going to talk about Biden and Ukraine and Russia. Now, my first question is, get kind of squared away here for today's program. My first question is, is what Putin has done thus far, simply at this point, I don't want to be misunderstood here. I am simply pointing out the lunacy of what we've been through up until this point with the way this administration has handled a lot of things. It's it's dangerous, folks. It is. It is dangerous. And um, they've contributed, the Biden administration has absolutely contributed to this situation, much more than Trump ever did. The left's out there, I it's amazing. The left believes that Donald Trump is the one that was cozy with Putin. If you use that logic, wouldn't Putin have invaded Ukraine under President Trump's watch? But that's not the case. In fact, Biden, the last two times he's been in the White House, we made this observation yesterday, Putin was actually, or Ukraine, Putin was invading Ukraine, or about to presumably invade Ukraine skipped Donald Trump's presidency. I'm, I'm sure some leftist out there somewhere can explain to all of us how the, it's kind of like certain things skip a generation with children. I guess um, the same would hold true in the logic of the radical left, how really uh, the person who's softest on Putin doesn't have any direct Putin controversy to deal with, but those who are tough on Putin, wink, wink, give me a break, Biden, Biden ain't been tough on anybody since Corn Pop, and that's a legend at best. My favorite legends, but nonetheless, still a legend. So, but my first question is, is this a minor incursion? And (laughs) what Russia has done at this point is recognized, recognized the uh, desire for independence of certain parts of, of Ukraine, which I'm not condoning or anything. I'm simply saying by the lo- the logic of this White House is this is this a minor incursion? And I'll take you back in time here. Here's Joe Biden. When is this? J- January 20th. Just a month ago. January 20th. One year. By the way, that was the one year mark of his presidency. I think it's actually quite appropriate in that sense that this is what happened on the one-year anniversary of his inauguration. But he basically said, you know, it just depends if, if Russia does something minor, has a minor incursion into Ukraine, then, you know, maybe maybe we're not going to do much about it. Maybe not even anything. I don't know. I mean, that's the problem with, you know, having elected someone who cannot communicate at all consistently, makes any sense, none of that. 
But here it is. Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. Depends. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion okay. and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further engage you. Wanted to follow- so there it is. There's a follow-up question, but I don't want to... Uh, Played that at the moment. This is I, I pulled that soundbite from the Telegraph, from their YouTube channel. But there's a follow-up question where sh- that Biden's asked about that, to to clarify. Um, but there's not been any incursion thus far, and we're going you know moving forward with sanctions, which we're now told are going to be heavy. There's going to be a price for the American people. Biden tells us we'll play a couple of soundbites. From his remarks yesterday um, about this very issue, but you know you, you're reminded of of these things. Is recognizing and this is no technical incursion, which again I'm not. I know how the left plays. Oh yes, the you know conservatives defending Russia. That's not at all the point. The point here is we're out there. Our leaders are saying ridiculous things, doing ridiculous things. I said before, I've said for years. In fact, you can go back to the earliest days of this program back in 2015 and 2016, and you would hear a line that I said then that I stand by now. I think it's a truth. American weakness is provocative. That's what's provocative to the world, on the world stage. It's not a president who is tough and direct, Um, It's not a president even who sends tweets, maybe some mean tweets. What is provocative is American weakness. And saying in the microphone at an official event, the president of the United States addressing the American people, of course, indirectly addressing Putin, this really the – I mean that's that's how world leaders sometimes communicate when there's not – direct talks, there's there's definite messaging in these things. The message was, hey, a minor incursion, we'll have to see what we're going to do. Major incursion, we're going to be pretty tough on you. So that's, that's the first thing I think it's worth remembering here. I also want to play um, a couple of sound bites um, from this, his remarks yesterday. Biden, um, I'm trying to decide which... One I want to. I'm going to play. I'm going to play the one where he announces the uh, the sanctions first. His kind of analysis at the beginning that this is the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, it's not at the time um, that I'm speaking. There's not been uh, you know boots in invasion uh, an invading force into into Ukraine. Um, but Biden says here that it's the beginning of a Russian invasion. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but there's no they're they're setting the stage. It appears for for invasion by saying, "Hey, this this part of Ukraine is now free from Ukraine, which is pro-Russia." Which oh, look at that! Suddenly, this fits in with part of you know uh, part of land that we want to claim as well. I mean, candidly, this is you know folks that that. Grew, not I say grew up, but folks that uh, were involved and paid attention, maybe served in the military during the Cold War, say, "Hey, this is this is the reemergence of um, of the Iron Curtain, right?" I mean, this 
this is what this is. The Soviet Union getting some traction. There wasn't it wasn't too long ago they did a poll in Russia and the amount of approval that was given to the former dictator Vladimir excuse me uh, Joseph Stalin is was remarkable. So there's all sorts of things going on here but this is Biden how he he frames the situation yesterday the Russian situation the in, impending invasion um with, with Ukraine, what appears to be justification and, and logic. And you've many of you have seen the, I guess, exchange and the, the meeting Putin had with uh, other advisors, televised stuff to go through the dog and pony show, which is inevitably going to lead to further conflict, uh, potentially including a, an, an invasion of Ukraine. You've seen those things go down. You've seen sound by or, uh, uh, video clips of that and so forth. But Biden, this is Biden's analysis of where we are, and this is his announcement of sanctions on Russia. Yesterday, Vladimir Putin recognized two regions of Ukraine as independent states. And he bizarrely asserted that these regions are no longer part of Ukraine and their sovereign territory. To put it simply, Russia just announced that it is carving out a big chunk of Ukraine. Last night, Putin authorized Russian forces to deploy into the region, these regions. Today, he asserted that these regions are actually extend deeper than the two areas he recognized, claiming large areas currently under the jurisdiction of the Ukraine government. He's setting up a rationale to take more territory by force, in my view. And if we listened to his speech last night, and many of you did, I know, he's, uh, he's setting up a rationale to go much further. This is the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine, as he indicated and asked permission to be able to do from his Duma. So let's begin to, uh, so I'm going to begin to impose sanctions in response far beyond the steps we and our allies and partners implemented in 2014. And if Russia goes further with this invasion, we stand prepared to go further as with sanctions. Okay, so there's, there's a synopsis, right? That's, those are kind of the, Summarizing remarks of his um, of his statement yesterday did not take questions. Incidentally, at the conclusion of this announcement, by the way, you know something that um, you may have or may not have noticed. We've passed the time that we typically hear the State of the Union address. Biden's State of the Union, I believe, is scheduled for January. I'm sorry, March first. What am I talking about? Jan- March. March 1st, I believe. Uh, I I read this recently. It's the the latest in... I have to go back and get this. It's the latest in modern times of any president. They, these things always happen in Jan, usually January, January or February. Um, now we're moving into, into March with Biden's uh, State of the Union, which is still out there. Um, I just want to mention that because we haven't heard a lot from... The president. We've heard a couple of times now in the past month events kind of kind of like this. But I want to say that I don't disagree with Biden's synopsis here. I think that he is correct in saying that the Russian government, Putin, is framing this, is setting this up um, as giving a pretense for an invasion. I mean, that's absolutely <laughs> 
a likely explanation for what we are what we're seeing here. After all, the argument would go, hey, these these folks that are in Ukraine, Putin would say, are, are they just want to be free. They want to be part of Russia again. So who are we to say that they have to be part of, of Ukraine? I mean, we, we just we just want to listen to the people. I mean that that's you know how this is being kind of framed up. Still at this point, as of the time I'm speaking these words right now, no actual incursion into Ukraine, but Biden has um, prepared, well, has has opened up or delivered or levied sanctions on on Russia. But I want to say I don't disagree with his synopsis here. That's really, really not the point. Trump came out with a um, statement. I'm going to read this really quickly, and then we'll take a break and continue our uh, conversation about this after after the commercial break. But Trump delivered a statement, a press release, if you will, yesterday. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. And this is what it reads. If properly handled, there was absolutely no reason that the situation currently happening in Ukraine should have happened at all. I know Vladimir Putin very well, and he would have never done during the Trump administration what he is doing now. No way. Russia has become very, very rich during the Biden administration with oil prices doubling and soon to be tripling and quadrupling. The weak sanctions are insignificant relative to taking over a country and a massive piece of strategically located land. Now it has begun. Oil prices are going higher and higher, and Putin is not only getting what he always wanted, but getting, um, because of the oil and gas surge, richer and richer. The U.S. was energy independent under the Trump administration, an independence that we had never obtained before, and oil prices would have remained low. Now, what a mess our country is in. And so now you can see, I mean, first of all, I love reading these these press releases by Trump. It's, it's written precisely the way that, I mean, you can hear Trump saying this. In fact, I almost, and maybe, maybe it's, uh, he's, I just feel like he's he's uh, dictating this as he's walking around the the office or wherever he is, and someone's writing this down or recording this, and that's what they put into into words here. So, but you can see how all these issues matter, right? And they they all intersect with with one another. You may have seen recently. I think if we didn't talk about it, I had it in the queue to talk about that America was a net exporter of. Uh, of of fuel, and now we are of oil. Now we are no longer that. We were a net exporter 12, 14 months ago, and uh, now we are no longer. And, you know, when we've seen what's happened with prices, we've seen what's happened with pipelines that have gotten approved in Russia but have been stopped here in the United States, domestic oil leases in our uh, national federal lands, I guess, uh, oil leases on those lands and so forth. All that stuff uh, stuff has been slowed or stopped. And with the rising oil prices, Putin is, of course, positioned, Russia is positioned to benefit from that. And, you know, this all plays in. This all plays into the scenario. 
And so these things can't be, I don't know, they can't be overlooked. They can't be minimized. It's, it's as though if flipping a coin on determining how to handle a specific issue would be better than letting Biden decide because all these decisions have led us to this point, a weak United States that has emboldened Russia in part because American weakness under this president, under the radical left, is is the state of things, and it's provocative. It provokes people who want to do things that they know they can get away with with a weak uh, opposition and their you know weak opposition to say Russia in this example in the Oval Office. So here we are, here we are. Things are getting more tense. It didn't happen under Trump. We're told that Trump and Putin were buddies, so it should have happened under under Trump because Trump would have, following the left's logic, would have just turned a blind eye to what Putin was doing. But that's not what's happened. In fact, what has happened is every time Biden is in the White House, things like this begin to happen. Russian, uh, Russia either invades or threatens to invade or soon will invade Ukraine. It's right there for anybody who wants to see it, my friend. So let's take a time out. Plenty of more I want to get to on this particular topic, and we will do that in due course. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friend. So let's talk about this, a little bit more about this Biden, Ukraine, Russia um, mess that we have unfolding before our before our eyes, we we shared Trump's statement. Um, one thing I haven't played yet is Biden saying we, we played the the part about the sanctions, which I'm not against. I'm not against sanctions or anything like that. I I just I th- one of the things that ultimately bothers me about the left is that it's always about these little these little games here. The, the Sanctions, and I'm not. Do not misunderstand me. I'm not advocating for a, attacking Russia. That's not the point of me saying this. I'm just saying this. This satisfies the left. I, and Russia has made the calculation. We we have tipped our hand to them by telling them what we were going to effectively do. And they've they've made the calculations, and I think what Trump would say is, look, they've gotten so rich over the past year of Biden's rule or reign here in the United States that they've said, look, we can financially incur some of the penalties that are going to be coming our way. So that's that's kind of where we are with this, um, you know, this this situation, and I just. Again, I'm not arguing against sanctions. I'm just saying they're not as uh, – they weren't used, first of all, as a real deterrent. Um, as we've learned from Kamala, basically that whole debacle when she's up out there speaking. The left the left has no person that, that can go out there and, and effectively communicate to the American people or on the world stage. And uh, – I mean, we, we pay a cost for that. We pay a cost for that. They, the left, or excuse me, the Putin and the Russians view Biden as a, as a pushover. Biden and the Democrats 
and the media wants you to think that Putin is scared out of his mind of Biden? Are you? Are, is it, anyone who says that really serious about this? I just, it's crazy and ludicrous to think, to think that Putin is more scared of Biden than Trump. And now we literally have direct evidence to show how he responds to one president versus the other. And the, the, the difference is, is right there for anybody to see. But anyway, this is Biden saying there's going to be a cost for us. And I got some thoughts about this. There's going to be for some thoughts or a cost for Americans to defend freedom in Russia. No words from Biden on defending the freedom of Canadians, our neighbors to the immediate north. But we're going to defend freedom. And again, I'm not arguing against this notion. I'm just saying it's, at best, a little bit inconsistent. At worst, at worst, maybe borderline criminal as to what we're willing to turn a blind eye to in Canada with what's happened with these truckers and this new authoritarian dictator thug named Justin Trudeau. That's all well and good. And so forth, and I've got some information about that as well that might that might surprise some folks. But anyway, this is Biden explaining the costs that we're going to have here to defend freedom in Russia. Defending freedom will have cost for us as well, and here at home, we need to be honest about that. But as we will do, but as we do this. I'm going to take robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at a Russian economy, not ours. Okay, so I mean, well, gee, I hope, I hope that you would at least try to do that. I mean, that that should go without saying. But it's a Democrat, it's a, a Democrat who's in uh, holding a federal uh, position in our in our government. So it probably does need to be said that I would uh, that he wants to protect our economy and make the Russians pay the cost instead of us. You know, this is another way of saying America first. Just by the way, Trump's not allowed to say America first. That's dangerous, provocative, and all this other garbage the left will tell us it is all day. But here's Biden actually taking an America first position uh, as pertains to our economies. And kudos to him for saying that. He might have had people in that room as they were preparing the speech who were arguing against that position. Because who are we to put our economy over the needs and the economy of Russia? So goes the radical left's position on these sorts of things. I'm going to take you back in time as well. Take you back in time here to an ad that Biden ran in 2000 and I think it was running in 19 for the 2020 campaign. Now, we've seen tweets as well, right? Biden tweeting and representative Elise Stefanik uh, I think did something brilliant and time permitting we're going to get to that as the program comes together today but this is Biden telling folks that hey Putin's scared of me man right Putin's scared of me he can't look me in the eye his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. They're over, man, when I step in the, into the office. You know the deal. You know how Biden talks. Listen to this. Folks, you hear the news. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time I'm the object there of their attention. Uh-huh. Because Putin knows okay. if I am president of the United States, uh-huh. 
his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States yeah, and so those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, mm-hmm. but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Yeah. Mr. Putin, have changed. the American people decide their elections, not you. Tough, Chip in a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Blah, blah, blah. But things did change. He was right on that. Putin decided to <laughs> to invade, or so appears at this particular point in time. This was just a couple of years ago. I mean, but see, th- this resonates with the radical left because, of course, they invested all this time and money into Trump-Russian collusion. Trump is, you know, just the puppet of Vladimir Putin and all these things. Putin can get away with anything when Trump's in the White House, blah, blah, blah. Here we go, folks. It's right there. It's right there for anybody who wants to see it. Putin didn't do these things when Trump was in office. Trump, uh, Putin did these things when Biden was president and when Biden was vice president. So I don't mean to state the obvious here, but I would suggest to Joe Biden and to Democrats and to the radical left who think that Putin is shaking in his boots at the prospect of going toe-to-toe with Joe Biden, um, they might want to reevaluate that particular conclusion. It's just insane. I'm picturing Putin riding around, let's see, ride horses, you know, without a shirt on, rustling bears. Biden can't even put a sentence together. I mean, come on, man. This this is preposterous to even be have this presented the way that it is. But nonetheless, that's what they're trying to get away with. Putin's terrified of Biden. Yeah, right. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Friends. By the way, Oz is not supposed to be funnier than me, but she did say something that was funny here in the break, and I want to sh- I want to share it with you. And I give credit where credit is due. She said what you should have said, Todd. Anytime she starts a sentence like that, I think, oh boy, what's she gonna say? But what you should have said last segment was, Putin's over here riding around bare-chested on you know bareback on horses, wrestling bears. Biden breaks his foot chasing his dog, grabbing his dog by the tail in the bathroom. Remember this story? I've forgotten about that. Oz, congratulations for uh, coming up with that on the spot. Well done. But, I mean, we're supposed to believe, the bottom line, we're supposed to believe that Putin is over there trembling in his boots as he's pumping iron or whatever else he's doing over there. We're supposed to believe he's just terrified at the prospect of facing Joseph R. Biden, which is absolutely insane. In fact, I played the soundbite or an ad that Biden had run a couple of years ago where he's pointing at the camera being tough guy. Um, by the way, haven't you noticed that the tougher someone tries to make you think they are, the bigger wuss they really are? I mean, the people that you have to worry about are those people who don't say anything. They just let you, you know, they, they, they let the hot shots run their mouth. They don't say anything until they've had enough and they just kind of take matters into their own hands. You don't. You don't usually find. You don't usually find um, that folks who are really tough. I mean, I get you know fighters in the UFC and boxers. There's the gamesmanship of that, but just amongst the general population, the the quieter these guys are, uh, and the more that they don't, you know, throw around grandiose threats and so forth. Usually, it seems like the more willing they are to put their metaphorical fist in your face. And 
the more people walk around pointing at cameras, worrying about you know angles of shots and how they look when they wave their finger uh, finger in the camera, those are the folks that are usually the biggest weenies on planet Earth. So Biden, almost two two years ago to the day, this is February first of 2020. This tweet went out at 11:33 p.m. Biden had to be traveling on the West Coast because that's way past bedtime. 11:33 p.m. February 21st, 2020. It's out of tweet deck, so maybe they wrote this and, you know, scheduled the tweet. Maybe that's or of course, Biden probably doesn't even log. He probably doesn't even know what Twitter is. So maybe it was staff. But here's what it says. This tweet from 2 years ago. 2 years ago, folks. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever gone toe to toe with him. Boom, Putin. Chew on that tweet. I mean, give me give me a break. But this is the tweet. Elise Stefanik, Republican House member, state of New York. She <laughs> she or her staff, someone on her team has found this tweet back in Biden's, you know, list of of dumb tweets over the course of history. Um, And she tweets this out to Twitter. She retweets this. She says, hey, Twitter, I would like to report some disinformation. Now, this to me is great. This This is using a lot of things against the left. It's using their desire to censor people who don't say things that they agree with. And it's also illustrating the patent absurdity of Biden saying that Putin doesn't want him to be president. It looks like Putin doesn't care that you're president, President Biden. With all, with, with all due respect, right? I guess you can say whatever you want when you preface a word or a statement with that, or if you follow it up with that, with that statement. But I'm not. Just the, the evidence suggests that Putin has no concern about Biden and what Biden's going to do. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing this. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward and obvious in my mind. Meanwhile, we've got David Axelrod out there saying that this could be Biden's Churchillian moment. That's right. David Axelrod, back from the the Clinton days, right? He's in that that group, that group of radical leftists. David Axelrod out there saying that this this moment, Biden stepping up to a tyrant in Europe, could be his Churchillian moment. And get, Give me the give me a break. I, the idea, th- there is not any similarity between Joseph Biden and Winston Churchill. Right, we'll talk about that that after the break. But the idea, this is how they do this. The, they like the symbolic stuff, right? They like you know, Biden. Biden is is issuing um, you know, sanctions. He's he's issued sanctions on Russia. Man, this is tough guy. The real deal. Well, Mr. Axelrod, why why is Putin running around invading places or on the verge, on the brink of invading places? Why? I mean, isn't this supposed to not happen when you're terrified and trembling in your boots? When the commander-in-chief of the strongest military, most technologically advanced military on the face of the planet is, if you're scared of that guy... Wouldn't you think that that might deter you? It's just, it's totally illogical, as is everything else that they tell us. So, this is par for the course. But, Churchillian moment, you talk about a stretch beyond 
even the most absurd imaginations out there. This ventures into that area, and we'll talk about that after the break. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's continue looking here uh, on uh, this discussion on on Ukraine and, and Russia and so forth. I want to say something that I think is important. I politics, it was once said, ends at the water's edge. I'm I am not rooting against Biden, but Biden is a politician who stands against the principles that made this country great. I think he stands against principles of prosperity, of freedom, of liberty. I think he stands against the principles our founders put into place. But I'm not rooting against Biden in this showdown, if you will, whatever you want to call this, with with Putin and Russia. Freedom needs to win, and I hope it finds a way to win, even with the deck that we've been dealt with Biden at the helm. So I hope that he, I hope that America, I hope that, Ukraine, I hope that people who love their freedom succeed in this. But I also think it's important that we point some things out. Number one, we've already talked about the fact that this minor incursion comment, you have to wonder if this played into the strategy of what Putin and Russia have decided to do here. Some might say this was the calculus all along, and it very well may have been. But but it also could have impacted their thinking because, after all, Biden, the president of the United States, commander-in-chief of the strongest military on the face of the planet, said that, you know, if it's a minor incursion, you know, we're not probably going to do much of anything. That was the message. That was the message that was received. I think that's important to, to note that this – we dealt with this – much differently Biden did than Trump did, than Trump would have, right? I mean, that's that's clear. And we were, we were told for years that Trump's behavior and Trump's way of doing things leads to world wars. When in reality, what leads to these situations, moving us towards potential war or <laughs> massive war in Europe, is American weakness on display. American weakness is, in fact, Provocative. It's also important to point out that this happened on Biden's watch. And you might not agree that Biden is uh, perceived as weak, but I think it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that Putin and the Russians have come to the conclusion that Biden is weak. They've taken the opinion that he, in fact, isn't going to do anything besides make speeches and issue sanctions, which I'm not saying will have no impact. But when you look at what Putin thinks he's about ready to um, get, potentially Ukraine, and he looks at the cost, I mean, I think there's certainly the case that can be made that he thinks it's worth the price to pay. And 
Another thing I feel that's important to point out is that everything is political for the radical left. Everything. And folks, we should want to see freedom. Want to see freedom freedom win for the people in Ukraine. We should want to see freedom win for the people, well, the people who want freedom in, in Canada and everywhere around the world. And we should want our nation to be on the right side of those things consistently for the side of freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. We should want those things. But this, this, I'm telling you, and you know this, this is as much about changing the narrative and the bad news. I mean, I'm not saying it's fabricated by Biden, but it's perceived as an opportunity to have a reset. It's perceived as an opportunity for people like David Axelrod to go out there and make the comment, make the assertion that this could be Biden's Churchillian moment. I mean, give me a break. And this, I just, I think the only way that more people can be made aware of that is if we explain that. Like, there, there is a political game being played here as well. I'm not saying only a political game, but that is a major part into this, into this calculus. Like it, hate it, love it, whatever. That is a major part into how this is dealt with. And if they think that they can benefit from it, especially moving into an election year, it's going to certainly impact their way of thinking. It just needs to be pointed out. I think it's important. I want us. I want freedom to win. I want Biden to do the right thing. I'm not rooting against him and you know for these evildoers in Russia. That's absurd. But what I am saying is that there's other things that we have to be aware of and pay attention to as well. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> quickly but you know I just I, I feel like what we said at the end of last segment is is needs to be said because I politics it should end at the water's edge it really should um, but we have to recognize what we're up against and there are the radical left never sleeps everything is political everything is an opportunity I think I think it's important that we that we recognize and identify that and state that clearly because because this they're looking for an opportunity um, to, to change the narrative. So case in point here, Republicans are up nine points, nine points in a generic ballot. That's uh, I read that at hotair.com. It's an Emerson poll, I think. But it's important to also remember elections are not generic. You know, candidates have to go out there and win. Candidates have to make the case, communicate. And just because everything is in favor of Republicans winning or virtually everything, it's by by no means is that a guarantee. Democrats are going to try to convince voters that heck, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to convince voters that Republicans were the ones that were demanding that we stay in face masks. I wouldn't be surprised if Demo- – well, we've already seen that Democrats have said that Republicans were the ones that were pushing um, defund the police. And now we may see this situation with the sanctions against Russia. Don't be surprised if they try to blame the economic malaise on that. And there's a certain amount of people out there that are going to buy this stuff just because they're misinformed law information voters. 
I've got to go, folks. Have a great day. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care.